Welcome to episode 11 of The Virtual Estate, hosted by Xavier Martinelli and Jonathan Ben-Simon. Today we have Maddie, an NFT collector and flipper. How are you today, Maddie? Good, mate. Good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me here. No worries. How's the quarantine? So far, boring, but keeping myself busy with my new cat that I bought. I've got a kitten and my wife was stuck in quarantine with me, so. <laughs> Not so bad. Okay, so let's get started. Would you like to tell me a little bit about your background with NFTs? Uh, my NFT background is uh, kind of long now, thinking back. It's about more than two years. I got involved in, I'd say, Jan 2018 when the whole ICO uh, bull run market came crashing down and I was looking for ways to diversify my asset portfolio and digital land just looked like the next, like a, a good idea to put some of my crypto portfolio in this even more high risk asset. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it just made f- sense, man. Like people were buying land for, you know, a few hundred dollars and the next day other people were coming in trying to buy that same land for like $600. So it was just like, wow, wait a second. I can just put my money in here and then kind of play this flipping game. Um, so back then it was, it was just digital land that had my eyes and then kind of jumped around the NFT market as I learned more. Um, is there still like those kind of ROIs on digital land today? For sure, man. Like I've been doing uh, trading, especially in Decentraland. And I, I, I stayed with Decentraland just because I think luckily they were born from the ICO boom phase where they were able to grow or, or gather, you know, $25 million just for the ICO alone. And then when they held the digital land sale, they were able to generate like $15 million worth of land sale, collective land sale volume, right? It's a lot of volume for any NFT project. Well, I mean, I think on anything in like a virtual world, it's pretty insane. Like if yeah. speaking to people, you know, friends of mine that are outside of the, the ecosystem, they still don't believe me when I... Yeah, man, it's... it's mentioned the crazy. prices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. but, but that was a phase where everyone was just throwing money at anything, right? So yeah, they're kind of lucky in that sense. Nice. Um, and what what are your latest kind of collecting or, or flipping uh, NFTs? Um, it stayed with Decentraland just because of the fact that one, I know the space very well. Two, um, the volume of assets that I can flip. Um, and the money and the profit margins in between make it worthwhile for me to dedicate my full time there. So this is a full time job. Yeah, man, it's a full time thing. It's it doesn't. I mean, I was working at the time when I figured it out. Wow, the ATO must love you. <laughs> they got no clue what's going on, but I'll, I'll report my taxes. I've talked to my tax <laughs> accountant. I always okay. keep in touch with my tax accountant, and she's just like, you know, she lets me know what to do with the taxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have I, that's yeah, I'd have no idea. It's very interesting to kind of think about that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I always want to stay in good terms with the ATO, man. If they come knocking yeah, yeah. Australia and you've got to pay course, out a big bill. Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but I know a lot of people do crypto to kind of hide their earnings and stuff. But with Australia, I just feel like it's a matter of time until they come knocking. So oh, okay. stay safe, pay your damn taxes. That's my opinion. Yeah. People do your taxes. Just do it. Cool. Um, so in, so after the central line, is there anything else that you've like shown some interest in? There has been some. So God's Unchained was another one um, that I took interest in. And I only take interest in, in any NFT project that has substantial um, money collected during the pre-sales and consistent market volume, like buy-sell volume, a good three to five months after the pre-sale. Because pre-sales are hype. That's just how they work. 
Um, People throw money just because it's scarcity. I mean, the sandbox right now um, held it. It's crazy, man. It it is, yeah. Yeah, we saw that yesterday. The the, the sheer amount, it was quite phenomenal. Yeah, it it is crazy, but like for me... How much was it? $3 million? Or was it three? No, dude. It was like just uh, $400,000, I think. Yeah, so, but I think the sandbox is interesting to me. I think they're very clever the way they set out their pre-sales because the first one they did was only 2.5% of their whole land supply. So it was like $100,000 worth of uh, land that they put out there into the market. So, I mean, it was very easy to raise that, right? So within like two to three hours, I think they sold out. And then they held the next pre-sale, which was another 5% of land supply. And then the next one, which is I think now, which is 10% of the land supply. So still altogether collectively, there's only 17.5% or, uh, you know, less than 80% or, or still, there's still 80% plus land to be introduced into the market. So for me right now, I'm not investing, but I'm watching the space grow. And I want to see if they can continue that momentum of selling out their land even past 30 percent 40 percent 50 percent of their land sale uh what do you call it? supply right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's risky to put you, for me as an investor it's risky to put your money in something when there's still lots of supply to enter the market i know there's going to be a lot of people that are squeezed in holding their sandbox tokens for the next six months to eight months that would want to sell somewhere in between there and that's when i like to enter Cool. So when back to Decentraland, when you buy land, do you, do you do you lease it? Like, are you a landlord, so to speak? You know, man, I, I just kind of fell into being that. For me, yeah. it was just interesting to buy these lands because there were so many early investors that had put like, you know, that had bought like 50 pieces of land, maybe 100 pieces of land and only spent like a thousand or two thousand mana per land during the pre-sale. But then suddenly people were offering them, you know, three to five thousand, sometimes fifty, a hundred thousand mana per land because all these lands were starting to become different values as people were starting to figure out the market. Yep. So for me, it became an easy thing to approach them and give them a massive bulk offer for all their land, which for them was a very juicy deal. But for me, I knew the market well enough to understand that, hey, I can make like twenty thousand dollars on this deal. Hey, I can make like fifty thousand dollars on this deal within this time frame. So as that buying and selling thing happened, I slowly started to find plots that I liked and assets that, you know, larger estates that were very well positioned that I can some time in the future rent out. Yep. And and that's when I kind of transitioned into hopefully becoming a landlord, which right now there's no rental contract in place. Yep. But and it doesn't really make sense to charge people rent because there's no, um, there's not many eyeballs on in the platform, right? When DCL start to have like thousands of visitors and tens of thousands of visitors, and you can justify people having businesses there and charging them rent because you know now it's worth them being there. I think that's when I'll start charging. But right now, I mean, we're content. We need content, right? So Decentraland needs yeah. content. What so content do you think out. will show value? Exactly, you need a display of value. So right what, now, what, what, what do you think? What do you think will like? I mean, there's always there's casinos and there's. I mean, just kind of the generic things that, you know, people always go to. Adult mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gambling, adult entertainment. Yeah. What else you got, man? Like the, the top industries, I guess. Um, they're they're going to do well, obviously, I think, at some point, especially with the nature of Decentraland being decentralized. I don't think anyone can shut it down. And I think if someone wants to get involved in trying to pinpoint a company to shut a certain aspect of it down, it's not possible. I think that's what makes Decentraland a little bit more attractive to build these 
casinos and things because it's not as regulated or I, I don't know exactly what the technical yeah. stuff is around that. But anyway, apart from that, man, I think the gaming side of things is going to be awesome. Um, especially with the, the, the launch was hand in hand with a treasure hunt gamification model. Mm-hmm. So it had people enter and search through Decentraland to find crypto and assets, which a lot of people did. Apparently, there was ten to 12,000 hits wow. over the seven days. I think there were uh, unique visitors. And um, at, at one, the highest we had at one point was, I think, 700 or 1,000 visitors, which is pretty cool. Um, and that sort of interest that was generated from, one, a pretty sloppy launch, to be honest, just because everything was laggy. And two, the fact that people went there to try and win these assets from not knowing anything about Decentraland showed that there was proof in that sort of a business model. Um, so I think gamification is going to be a big thing, especially once they introduce like uh, DAO-based guilds. I think they want to have like you can have groups and you can make your own DAO within Decentraland. And um, once they introduce multiplayer, obviously mobile and VR is going to take it next level. But I think games are going to be be a big thing. Art, art apparently, I didn't know how big the art industry was to be honest until they just came out of nowhere and then dominated crypto voxels. And now I just see art everywhere, like crypto art. Um, I think e-commerce. I never understood how to evaluate art. You know, it's so conf- like yeah. you, know, land, you know, but but art, it's so confusing. It's like how yeah, do man. you know if it's art or not? I I I 100% understand you, man. Like I don't understand how to value art as well. But I talked to Whale Shark from Discord. Um, he's a bit of a larger investor and he's big into art, right? So I'm like, dude, how do you value art? And he's told me he backs like artists that he thinks will do well, not the art pieces. And anyway, it's, it's too complicated for me. And for me, I think like is if you can keep introducing art pieces, I feel like that will devalue overall art. Like for me, as if the supply isn't capped in anything, I feel like over time it'll devalue something. So it doesn't make sense for me to put my money in something with that sort of a model. So I'm just watching the art industry, to be honest, uh, right now, as I don't know how it's going to go. Interesting, and uh, and um, what what other things you think will be a thing? For example, what do you think about avatars or wearables? Oh, avatars and wearables, man! I think that's going to be huge in Decentraland, especially, just because you know, getting owning land used to be the only way to get involved in Decentraland, not including mana, the currency, but owning land was the only way to get involved, and obviously that was a very difficult entry point for many people because yeah. it was very expensive and not many people can afford it. There's not that many lands for sale relative to other, thing, other things. But now with names, names is going to be a big market, I think, just because if Decentraland starts to generate any sort of um, activity that's respectable, like 50,000 people visiting per week or something along the lines of even tens of thousands, when well, suddenly everyone wants to display one a name that they enjoy and themselves wearing things that, they like like people tend to spend a lot of money in skins right in like um fortnite or dota or any online games people like to represent themselves in ways that they design they're happy to spend money in that so wearables to me was the only thing i have ever had a little bit of i i put my money in without really thinking about without worrying about how to get that money back so I always put money in land to know where to get it back. But with, with wearables, I was just like, oh, I just want to look like this guy. So I'm happy to spend 100,000 mana, which I've never done before in anything. So it was an interesting thing for me to realize. Like, I think wearables, especially when the community gets involved, 
with releasing these. Um, and there's more things that community people like and laugh about as opposed to Decentraland designing them. Um, I think uh, it's going to blow up, especially when I did a bit of an analysis on RuneScape. I don't know if you guys played that game before. No. RuneScape? No. You know, RuneScape used to be like a multiplayer online game where you can go in there as a character and uh, be whatever you want to be. You can be a blacksmith, you can be a hunter, you can be a cooking person and you can level up these skills and you can play in this online universe where you can sell fish that you cook to, to people that wanted to go and kill other people and steal their goods in this, like, it was like all random stuff, right? But wow. But in the early days, like in the early 2000s, there was this airdrop you can say of what's called party hats so there was blue party hats pink party hats and it was part of some christmas event and no one really thought much of it but now 15 20 years later these are the most expensive items they look pretty crap but because they're scarce they're worth a lot like freaking a few thousand four thousand usd per party hat um which back then were free so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the scarcity model with wearables. So some of these wearables introducing Decentraland only have like 10 um, of supply. And I'm like, wait a second. If these wearables are the earliest in Decentraland, there's only 10 supply. And if Decentraland blows up, surely it's going to be an amazing thing for, for you to wear these wearables. So these are going to be wait, worth something. So so how so how does scarcity model work in, in wearable from what I understood? I mean, anyone can create mm-hmm. any object and uh, import it, no? So, so, so why you th- you think it's it's scarce in Decentraland? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so specifically with De- Decentraland, how the wearables market has evolved is that Decentraland introduced different wearables um, based on different events. So there was the launch event, and before the launch event, there was like the the beta launch event for the small community that was there just to show off wearables. And each wearable that was introduced had a supply limit to it. So there were some wearables that only had 10 supply. These are called mythic. There are some wearables that only have 100 supply, some that only have 1,000, some that only have 10,000. And it went from like mythic to legendary to epic to common, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But every wearable introduced has a limit supply um, from Decentraland, at least. And their model for new people to get involved involved and create these wearables is yet to be determined but i'm sure they're going to implement something so it doesn't flood the market because decentraland is all about creating some sort of an in-game economy and i think they understand very well that scarcity is a big part of that in-game economy so once they start whitelisting the 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 talk of the town is they're going to start whitelisting artists and i think there'll be some sort of like uh, maybe some restriction on how often you can introduce wearables and the limit count you can introduce them as it's not going to be a free-for-all i'm pretty sure it's not going to be a free-for-all because i'll just destroy the market but i think it's going to be something along the lines of some sort of limitation to create that scarcity for each wearable cool wow and how is the case now in terms of uh, what wearable exists right now like are you already buying and selling them or not yet um i have a lot of them man like they look cool, like when you wear them, and I, and I, you, you guys obviously know I make videos about Decentraland, and I and I wear these different wearables, and I think it kind of gives a kind of a cool image as to what Decentraland can be because people are customizing these things. But I'm, I started off buying and selling them, but now I'm kind of buying and holding them a little bit longer term because it's not going to grow like the wearable market isn't going to grow like Decentraland land grew because. Um, 
with wearables specifically, it's only going to grow when there's more people involved in the game, in, in logging into Decentraland and playing Decentraland or playing different things. And that's going to that's gonna grow once the user base grows. So for me right now, I'm just holding on to any mythic ones that I find that are appealing, especially ones that were before launch, because those were the very, very early days. So those ones I have and I'm holding on, there's some like really cool ones that I've shot up regardless of the supply count. Like there's a Bitcoin glasses that people can wear. And there's only 100 of these. And typically things with 100 supply only go to about 500 mana, maybe 1,000 mana. But Bitcoin glasses, even though there's 100 of them, they've gone up to 3,000 mana just because it's cool to wear them. So there's some wearables that are kind of shooting off into different directions, um, a little bit faster so, than the yeah. other. But. So DCL can uh, issue any... I mean, what's the mechanism for them to issue new wearables? I see there is a few categories and then they can just issue more and more types of, of, of wearables or they so right now. Yeah. So right now Decentraland will just issue wearables based on different events. They haven't issued any new wearables since the launch. Um, I don't know what their issuance schedule is, but once the DAO is in place, I'm pretty sure no one can issue anything unless it's been voted in by the DAO. Um, so I think they, they're moving to that model. They've introduced it, but they're still figuring out the mechanics on how to get proposals through and how to vote them in and, and whitelist people. Once that's all sorted, I don't think DCL themselves can even start to introduce wearables or else it wouldn't make sense having a doubt. Very cool. I'm going to take this back a, a, a little bit quickly. In terms of NFTs, is there is there a use case that you know of or you think of that will bring them to like the mainstream market? The mainstream market is a hard one to hit, man, just because do, do most of them care about money? Not really. I think it's just us people in crypto that care about investing and making money and business and entrepreneurship. And having fun. And having fun, yeah. I think, I don't know what the mainstream really would get involved in when it comes to uh, NFTs. One, I think the adoption really needs to be worked on. Like it's too much to ask someone to download MetaMask, uh, use your USD to get Bitcoin, then transfer the Bitcoin to Ethereum, then store your own asset keys and pay these gas fees. And they get confused, right? Because sometimes these transactions don't get through. It gets failed transactions. They just don't understand what the hell is going on, especially someone that's not part of crypto. So I think to get mainstream, there need to be a lot more on-ramps that are less of a hurdle, so more fiat kind of something that they don't really feel like they're in, they're using blockchain or they're yeah, exactly. utilizing blockchain. I think that's a huge hurdle right now with the NFT market. Yeah. Uh, all these projects are having issues with scaling. There's, a, there's not that big of a user base in any of these games just because of that those hurdles, right? Yeah, the games are great. Like Gods Unchained is a great game. Um, Axie Infinity is a great game. And yes, there is some sort of sizable um, user base there. But to start hitting mass adoption, you got to go through. You got to fix these on ramps. Yeah, it's like I, I recently started with the Z Run, the, the horse mm-hmm. game, and, and I, even me, like getting. I think I had like a different wallet to get another wallet, and then I needed to get another currency and to do this and to do yeah, that. Like and then like I was just like oh my what am I doing and like <laughs> yeah. I I worked in NFTs and I I'm still sometimes just like well you know I I work in events I've had trouble people have trouble filling out forms for their for their past let alone downloading a wallet yep. yeah and you probably know right like the easier you make something like the most simple and I guess brain dead you make something to sign up to the more you're gonna get people u- using it that's just how it yep. is yep. it's a part of optimizing like website conversions you make things easy. 
and straight up, you know, keep it simple, stupid. That's just like the rule. So with that, like, like we'll download MetaMask and figure out how how to make it work because we're kind of nerds and we're we're into crypto. But others, they got no chance. Yeah, it's very um, true. But I think yeah, in terms of mass adoption, competitions and stuff, they're going to work well to kind of keep that momentum coming in. But it's going to start. It needs to have something worthy to get like YouTubers that aren't into crypto, like. Uh, you know, PewDiePie or someone with a really big YouTube following to start yeah. playing these games and start pushing them out. So this this got to be just a fun, stupid, crazy concept. Or maybe like adoptions of of, of different tokens within, uh, maybe like an Apple Wallet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess being more accessible to them. Download. Yeah, I mean, like if Apple or some other company can uh, integrate it and make it very easy to use these assets, then that's going to be another some of those other hurdles that are, you know, fixed up. But I know Nifty Nifty Gateway I'm a big fan of because have you heard of them? Yeah. Have you seen their work? Some of it, yeah. yeah. What are they, I mean, they are doing, a, I know they are doing like a, a, a virtual meetups in VR, right? But uh, what is the other thing? Like they are a business, they are um, what? Nifty so Nifty Gateway, I've only started to follow their most recent work, which I believe is Nifty Gateway 2.0, which is, I believe there's some sort of like a fiat on-ramp sort of scaling solution um, for companies. So I think they had like a fiat uh, version or a, a gateway website for Gods Unchained during the pre-sale. So people that wanted to pay with just credit card and not really deal with any um, Ethereum or anything could buy with just credit card. And that was pretty cool. Um, but I think... Their whole concept is to try and get mainstream to crypto and NFTs specifically. Um, so they're building a fiat-only centralized exchange. So kind of like Binance, but for NFTs, where you can store your NFTs. You don't have to worry about any gas transactions. You don't have to worry about asset keys. Just have a password and... You can store, like like people that don't know about NFTs and crypto can buy these NFTs, store them and then sell them and, and participate in all of these stuff that we do, but not download a wallet. So they can just have it in this centralized um, NFT exchange. So they want to build that out and have just fiat on ramps. So just people with fiat can buy these NFTs. You can store them easily, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of fight the battles that adoption is facing right now with NFTs. And on top of that, they are approaching um, large Instagram artists and doing the legwork for them and saying hey you know you can make art we're going to tokenize it and sell it on these we'll auction these on this centralized exchange and if it sells it'll be a revenue for you so they're kind of pushing and trying to introduce bigger instagrammers with specifically with the art industry right now but i'm sure they'll expand later on but they're proving to them that this nft market has value for you to explore you and your followers so it's a great thing they're just approaching all these instagrammers that have big following, followings and trying to introduce them into NFTs. So that's what their efforts are. And I'm like, man, just go for it. Like Any effort in adoption for me is just like has all my backing. Yeah, very positive. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Like they're proactively approaching people. So that's a big thing I think we need to do. Yeah, wonderful. All right. I think we're just about finished, um, about out of time. Do you have any more questions, Jonathan? Uh, no, no. I think that's uh, that's cool. Cool. Thanks, Maddie.